Want access to richer content and exclusive analysis on the business of sport? Sports Pro Plus is used by experts across the industry to make informed decisions, with two membership tiers offering access to original content, exclusive reports, and a suite of business intelligence tools. Become a member today at sportspromedia.com forward slash subscribe and use the code FCPOD10. That's FCPOD10 at checkout for a 10% discount. The Football Co. Business Podcast. The most creative minds and innovative thinkers in football in association with Soccer X. Connecting football for 25 years. Hello and welcome to the Football Co. Business Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Manby, and in this episode, I spoke to Mike Armstrong, Chief Marketing Officer at Juventus, where, amongst other things, he is responsible for overseeing the club's social media channels, which cumulatively boast over 125 million social followers. Now, Mike hails from Canada, and before he joined Juventus, he held roles in his homeland at Google and Overactive Media Group one of the world's most prominent esports organizations. In light of that, I was keen to ask Mike about Juventus's social strategy, particularly when it comes to Twitch and TikTok, and how the club used these channels to announce the recent signing of Dusan Vlaovic. He was particularly effusive about the potential for growth on Twitch. It's a platform he knows intimately and clearly one he feels could be better harnessed by the football world. Right, without further ado, let's get into it as I welcome Mike to the pod. Oh, thanks for having me, Alex. So, Mike, you've got an esports background. You're now CMO of Juventus, a club developing a burgeoning reputation for creating great content on Twitch. So you're well-placed to talk about the subject. What is the secret to success on the platform? As I think it's fair to say, Twitch remains a mystery to many clubs and brands. Yeah, I mean, I'll speak to, to my experience, as, as you mentioned. I've had uh, the luxury of, of working with a lot of Twitch streamers over the past few years, as well as gaming publishers like Activision Blizzard, Riot Games. There's no magic wand to, to Twitch, I'd say, um, but um, there are some ingredients that I've noticed and I've learned from, um, from many along the way. I think the most important is uh, if you're building a channel, just recognizing the um, the intent of the Twitch platform. And for me, what that is, is to have a two-way dialogue. And so whatever you're building on Twitch, you need to open yourself up to the audience, not treat it like, say, other platforms out there where it's more of a one-way conversation. And so imagine yourself sitting around a, a table, whether it's uh, in real life or virtual and having a conversation with your audience. And so I think the, the channels that I've seen perform the best are the influencers on, on Twitch that, that um, seem to have the most success. They acknowledge that, you know, they, they read their fan questions and feedback and engage with them. They call out their name. They really engage live their audience and, and it's appreciated. And so I'd say first is this consistency and frequency. I mean, these are things that we hear on a lot of platforms, but also important, you know, you need to train your audience, how often you're coming back and when to expect you. And then I've seen collaborations work really well, you know, to expand your audience and, um, and move into different audiences. Your comment on the football industry, uh, you know, I, I feel like right now, maybe we're living this, uh, this marketing paradigm um, that we've seen over the years where when marketers moved from uh, 
uh, from radio to TV. They used uh, radio ads in a TV environment. And then we moved from TV to, di to digital and we used TV ads in a digital medium. And I, I feel like that's where we are with Twitch right, right now is as a collective, we haven't fully exploited how to, to adequately, adequately um, you know, transition into the environment in a way that, that we feel like we're an insider within the platform. So I think we've all got, uh, got quite a bit of work ahead of us. Are there other sports which do it better or perhaps other markets which do it better than European football? Um, I mean, I, coming from, from North America, I've got some biases there, but I think that sports in general is, is using relatively tried and true formats in a more traditional sense and then migrating them into a platform that those formats aren't native to. And so I haven't seen uh, consistency in terms of great examples of, of sports really feeling like they're natural, uh, naturally integrated into the, the Twitch platform. So you arrived at Juventus last year. The club already had Twitch channels. What was it you changed about it? Was it about placing a greater emphasis and importance on the channel? Or was it about bringing your expertise to just improve what was already being done? Right now, I'd say we're, we're definitely in an experimental mode. And so you know, I've been focusing on, on the metrics really and just how we can engage our audiences and see see growth. We've got a few formats that are that are working well for us, but you know, we're we're experimenting as we go. We're we're even taking some formats on Twitch to see if maybe they perform better in uh, in YouTube. And so we're doing a lot of experimentation right now. I'd say uh, our plan is to to continue to do that through the rest of the season, and then um, continue to fine uh, tune our our strategies as we go into the next season. Can you give a few examples of the sort of stuff you're doing on Twitch, maybe an overview of the content, and then how that differs from the current YouTube output? Yeah, so, so right now we've got four formats. We've got two in Italian and then two in English. Um, Tutti Patti, Patsy is, uh, is a weekly show that happens on Mondays, and really it's a review of what happened on the weekend. And so it's an opportunity for fans to come in and maybe reveal their excitement or their disappointment, um, but really to talk live about our men's first team, uh, our youth clubs, our, our, our women's team. And, uh, uh, and it's a, a format that I'd say for the hardcore fans, um, they appreciate. We have watch-alongs on historical matches as well. It's kind of interesting for those who want to relive and talk about things that have happened in the past. That's a more of a niche audience, I'd say, that leans into to that one. And then on a, an international perspective, in English, we've got a Talk Juve, which is a, a show that um, we allow official fans from our fan club worldwide to get a spotlight in our show. And so we bring them on, we um, hear their voice, we hear their feedback, and we, um, we have them talk about uh, Juventus and, and you know, everything about the club, um, whether it's a market transfer or, um, or a recent match. We also have a, a real match session as well that we run. So I'd say this one is more of a, like a second screen format to our live matches. And so we'll hop onto Twitch 15, 20 minutes before live match. We'll run through the match and then we'll, we'll hop off afterwards. And so it's a bit of a blunt tactic for a, you know, for a, for a watch along, but it's, it's great because there's a, an audience out there that wants to... Um, engage and talk and converse with their community uh, while our live broadcast is, is going. And so those are the formats that we've, we've got running right now. And I'd say we're doing a lot of experimenting and fine-tuning 
uh, within those. And these watch alongs have hosts. Talk me through the recruitment process when you're identifying which hosts to use. Are they Twitch natives? Are they social media natives? Do they come from traditional broadcast? Uh, or you know, is it just whoever you think will do best and <laughs> see how they get on? Yeah, we've we've used a, f- a few different types, um, and so I think. Uh, what I what I've seen is uh, is people who come from from Twitch or from YouTube are used to that format and so naturally perform better. They're able to be um, maybe uh, a bit more or le- less scripted, I should say, uh, in terms of how they present themselves. Someone who um, is used to to Twitch is used to also being on camera for uh, for for a long time and and carrying the conversation and the, the engagement throughout. Uh, so I find um, we we try to pull from from social media uh, to to host the show. I think I'll know the answer to some of this when talking about the demographics of your Twitch audience, particularly when talking about where they are, given that you do certain content in Italian, which presumably is for the local audience, and then English for a more global audience. But are there any insights you have around the demographics of your Twitch audience? Uh, who are they? Where are they? their age profile and how that compares to other social channels. Yeah. So I'd say on the, uh, on the more international focused um, shows um, we actually get roughly 80% that's outside of Italy, uh, which for us, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's exciting to see because um, there's, it can be difficult for some Juventus fans who are in other markets where maybe the time zone is difficult to watch our live matches uh, or broadcast is just harder to get a hold of, and so I'd say the the demographics is what you'd expect. It's aligned with the with the Twitch platform, and so it's younger, it's Gen Z, it's a little bit more male, it's uh, more gamer centric. But the um, the international audience that we've been able to pull in has been um, something that we've been um, we've been happy to see. That tallies with some of the stuff that Goal have found on Twitch. It's not necessarily that. The demographics themselves, when you look at them, are massively different from, I don't know, a TikTok or even a YouTube. But it is, it's a, it's a different interest, right? It's still a different audience. It's a new audience that you engage that lives on Twitch. That, you know, that's the preferred social platform. So it's not necessarily about saying, oh, it's, you know, male uh, 16 to 25. It's perhaps more about saying this is a new audience who aren't on Facebook and probably don't choose Instagram or at least Twitch is their preferred platform. Yeah, totally agree. I found uh, working in esports, I saw a lot of that is, um, you know, there are people who, who spend a bulk of their time on that platform and they're jumping from one influencer to, uh, you know, maybe a sports club, um, but they're, they're spending their, their evenings glued to, to Twitch versus uh, YouTube, which is, which is maybe the preference of some others. So what are the primary objectives for you, Mike, when you're scheduling this content, you're talking about uh, the different outputs that you can do, you're trialing new formats, uh, like you said. Is this um, just test and learn at this stage or are you already thinking about key performance indicators around growing the global fan base or uh, engaging new audiences or perhaps even more commercially led like selling merchandise? For us, it's right now, It's um, I'm less interested in the, the commercially led uh, KPIs. We do promote, of course, our merchandise through through Twitch. But for me, what's more important is the, the engagement metrics, um, watch time spent, uh, how long people are, are, are spending within uh, our, our stream, and then how much we engage with the international audience is really important because, uh, again, there's, there's a need that's there that we're not servicing. And, and we have fans that we've, we've heard this from. And so 
I'd like to see us expand more there in the coming future, but um, but right now um, it's it's still a lot of test and learn, as you said. So that's interesting. I mean, clearly it's a analytically it's important to really look at this because the vanity metrics probably aren't there. I think it's safe to say, you know, views are reasonably modest on the platform right now, but maybe that's not how you judge success. It, clearly you're looking at other things when working out whether a piece of content is working or not. Yeah, I mean, for, for us, like in the, as an example, in the, in the last year, we've seen that we've been able to engage close to 5 million unique individuals, most of which I'd say maybe we didn't engage on more traditional channels. And so if that's uh, allowing us to give a new experience to fans that are out there that otherwise they wouldn't have, then, then that's a win. And, and we just need to figure out how to do more of it. And how big do you think it can be? Do you have a number? Do you think, you know, 5 million turns into 10 million turns into 50 million? Or are you, are you not necessarily putting that much pressure on it? Just no, I think it's, it's too early to, to tell right now. I, um, I'd certainly like to, to spend more time to evaluate that. But right, right now, we're, we're too young on the channel for me to say where I think it's going to go. That's fair. That's fair. I do wonder what the commercial angle might be. You know, having audience attention for that longer period of time does lend itself, certainly for those who do it well, to being able to do things like selling merchandise or other purchases, tickets, for example. Do you think that's something that in time could be a priority on Twitch? Yeah, I think especially when it comes to digital assets um, coming from um, from gaming, seeing just um, the types of whether it's um, stickers or NFTs or you know, the world of Web 3.0 that's that's here and that's around the corner. I think there's a lot of opportunity to, to you know, e engage with that audience that's there for a long time, as you said, um, with some of these these new formats that uh, that are coming out um, from a monetization perspective. And do you have a relationship with Twitch directly with the platform? I'm interested to know at what stage they're at and what importance they place on international football we do uh we work closely with uh with twitch I, I i mean i can't speak for them but i i think that they're experimenting too and so i see they believe that sport um, needs to be um, more present on the platform and that's clear the way at which sports presents itself on twitch i think they're experimenting uh, uh alongside uh, the sports clubs that are out there right now I think there are many misconceptions about Twitch amongst marketeers and probably even more so amongst the, the wider community. You know, I think it's still seen as a gaming platform by a lot of people, whereas clearly it's grown beyond that and is rapidly expanding beyond just the world of gaming. Another platform which has a lot of misconceptions, both amongst marketeers and the wider audience, is TikTok. And I'm keen to discuss that once again Looking at the Juventus uh, TikTok channel, the content overwhelmingly looks unique to that platform. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, TikTok, we try to build as much unique for the platform as we can. I'd say there are instances where, you know, an Instagram reel may feel like it could fit and, um, and we'll use it. But predominantly, we're building unique for the platform. We're studying what's trending, what songs, what memes, and trying to integrate that into our content. And so um, for us, uh, we've seen, I'd say, a good success, especially in the last few months at, uh, at growing that channel through um, a high frequency of uh, content that's, that's, that's built for TikTok. Do you have a separate team working exclusively on TikTok or will it be that 
it's the same team and they'll you know they'll take a video piece be it highlights or interview or whatever it might be and they'll do a version for facebook a version for instagram and a version for tiktok i'd say we're shifting so right now we have a different group that's that's building for tiktok um, but we weren't there originally i do think that um the eye that someone has for TikTok and the knowledge of the platform is is crucial. And so as much as it's a burden on a lot of marketers and it's an extra resource, having the dedication towards the platform is critical to be authentic on the, the platform itself and to get the feedback that you want from the audience. I think authenticity is such an important word in TikTok. There is a certain sense of imposter syndrome at times, I think, with, with certain uh, channels on, on there. Authenticity is important. I also think consistency is important, a consistent tone of voice, a sense of personality. And fans embrace that, right? You know, it doesn't, the, the press statement that comes out of a club announcing XYZ doesn't need to be the same voice that talks to you every day on, on TikTok. And I think Juventus do that well. Thanks. Appreciate that. We, we, I'd say, have some spirited discussions and debates on that on a pretty regular basis because. I mean, the, the number one reason why people come, for, come to TikTok, as you know, Alex, is, uh, is to be entertained. It's not an informative first channel, at least not today. And so um, to entertain, you, you need to step out of your comfort zone sometimes. And so, um, so it is, uh, I'd say, a journey that we're on right now. What sort of content works best on TikTok? You know, there's a range of content on there. You, there's lots of use of recent match highlights, uh, archive footage, content created with the players. But what do you find works best? Sometimes it's just what you least expect, uh, and it's not as much of a science. But I'd say the the comedic, entertaining content tends to do better, especially when it's paired with something that just so happens to be trending, whether it's a song or or a popular video that someone else did that you can um, spin off. But that type of content tends to do extremely well. Um, highlights, we've been having a fun time experimenting with like a new way to present highlights in a more comedic way. And so, um, you know, highlights for years and years and years are the same, really. I think TikTok is a great platform to look at how you do highlights in a totally different way. Sped up, slow down with a comedic track over top. There's just, there's lots you can do there. And so I'd say we've seen success from highlights, but done in a very different or unique way. But predominantly it's the, the comedic stuff that, uh, that ends up landing the most with the audience. And some players lend themselves better to that as well than others, don't they? You know, whether it's a, a player who's an icon of a club or seen as a particularly fun guy, I mean, anything will do well around them. But also certain players just come across better, more naturally uh, on TikTok. And that's an advantage that clubs have, right? Versus a federation or a, a league or tournament is pretty much permanent, always on access to, to players to create uh, this sort of stuff. Is that something the content creation team would identify when they're planning their content to produce and they're thinking about you know, players that they might try to grab five minutes with? Do they know that certain players, A, are going to come across particularly well and B, are going to resonate well with the audience? Yeah, we, we think about that. I mean, I, I won't name any players uh, <laughs> for the sake of this uh, discussion, but I mean, uh, players who just naturally uh, are more charismatic, uh, have a comedic side to them, they they lend themselves um, more naturally to the platform and and that's clear and and really they should take advantage of this more uh, to build their brands in my opinion 
that said, um, it doesn't mean that uh, that all players aren't accessible on the platform. It's just leaning to, you said the word you know, authenticity earlier, it's, it's leaning to their strength. If they're charismatic and comedic, then there's a great angle there. If they're incredibly skilled, that content can work too. And so I think it's just a matter of what's the right player for the type or style of content that you, you plan on that, on that day. Let's talk about the player on the lips of every Juventus fan right now after his recent signing at Dusan Vlaovic. I always find it amazing with modern transfers just how much social content can be produced in such a short space of time by a club social media team. How much notice before a signing is made official will the club's uh, communications department receive? And are they already working on content just in case? (laughs) Yeah, so this is relatively new for me. My experience at Juventus is there's not very much time. And so I, I think that that's the norm. For us, with Vlahovic, we were also nearing the end of the transfer window, which, which made it um, more complex, I'd say, for, for me and, and the team. But, uh, but generally, I'd say you've got a plan A, plan B, plan C in the works, and then maybe you've got 24 to 48 hours to really work through the evening with a massively integrated group of individuals to try to pull everything off. And so, you know, to answer your question in short is, it's not much time. And how difficult is it to remain true to these principles of different content for different channels, which we've talked about? So let's talk about Vlaovic signing on Twitch and on TikTok when you've only got 24 hours. How was the content that you pushed out different and how much of a challenge was it to wrestle between this, you know, authenticity, different content for different channels, and we haven't got enough time to do this. Yeah, I mean, I'd say on that piece, I think we did really well, uh, and we were set up for it in that we focused different people against different channels, and so it wasn't like one person was thinking across three or four channels in those 24 or 48 hours, and so we were able to have, we had the luxury of having pointing someone at Instagram, at TikTok, at uh, at Twitch and saying go and be authentic to those specific lanes. And so that actually wasn't too difficult. It was more so the, um, the strategy around how do we bring this new brand um, within Juventus, Vlahovic, to, to, to life in a way that appeals to Italian, European and then international audiences. And then how do we structure everything in a way that um, helps build the the story that we want to tell and, and we think that our fans want to hear? Th- those two things are, I found, more complicated. Did anything surprise you about how it all panned out? You know, a, a channel or a piece of content which was particularly successful? As you say, this is your first major uh, transfer signing as your time in your time as a CMO. Yeah, I'd say. I mean, the way we looked at it was first uh, we're introducing Vlahovic to the world, and so we need to elevate ourselves and elevate him as a as a brand into of himself in a way that that makes him um, you know the, the hero of the story. And so we invested in that way and, and built you know hero pieces of content that I'd say were were more YouTube led at first. On TikTok, we're fortunate to um, collaborate with Cabby uh, Lame. For those who don't know, he's he's got or 130 million TikTok followers. And so, you know, that number that, two in the world, I think. So, yeah. And so, I mean, naturally that content is, is going to work well and be engaged with. 
on Twitch, we we hosted um, you know many uh, live discussions uh, about him and and him coming um, into the family, and so it was a different strategy there. But the the, the content that worked the best, I'd say, was our our hero piece that um, it was around forty five seconds long. It was him walking into the stadium. We had uh, you know cameras from every angle, including up in the uh, up in the sky, uh, really you know showing who he is and, and why he's important. Uh, introducing DV seven as a you know a name and and that piece of content based on how we structured the promotional plan. It, it worked the best. I'd say the cabbie lame uh, TikTok content also <laughs> worked exceptionally well. But those are the the two that I'd say worked the best at engaging the the most fans worldwide. Mike, if we can look forward, I don't know, five years, and let's say Juventus announce a new superstar signing in January of 2027. Do you think there'll be any different social channels in which you'll be creating content? Can you see any up-and-coming new player which you think could emerge rapidly like TikTok has recently and become a fundamental part of a football club's social output? Uh, I mean, right now, I'd say a lot of us are focused on TikTok. I, I think in five years' time, it's going to be... a I mean, I think um, Juventus and, and other teams are going to have just mass followings on on TikTok. Snapchat's one that uh, is certainly, uh, you know, coming from North America and coming here, I feel it's it's been much bigger uh, amongst young audiences in, um, in North America and, and perhaps is one that um, hasn't been yet fully exploited in, in all parts of the world. The growth that I'm seeing there is, is interesting. But I, I think in five years' time, I'm still a believer in long form. And so I think that um, when you look at some of those real metrics like time spent, YouTube is still going to be you know, massive. And, uh, and I think uh, TikTok is, uh, is going to continue to grow. I mean, the recent studies I've seen on it is uh, it's no longer just a, a Gen Z platform or they're starting to pull in you know, millennial and, and even Gen X. And so... It's, uh, it's certainly becoming uh, more mainstream at uh, lightning speed compared to what we've seen from some of these other platforms over, over history. Well, Mike, I look forward to uh, seeing the journey over the next five years. I look forward to seeing how Juventus get on developing their social channels. And thank you very much for your time. Oh, thank you very much, Alex. For any listeners who want to see more about Juventus's output, where should they go? Ah, I mean, seeing as though you've been pushing the TikTok and uh, Twitch, I'd say uh, check us out on those two channels. Great. Thank you very much, Mike. And thank you, listener. Please make sure you're subscribed to this podcast and feel free to give us a comment, share, or review. All the best. The Football Co. Business Podcast. The most creative minds and innovative thinkers in football in association with Soccer X. Connecting football for 25 years.